You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Terry Riley, which is part two from the series, The In-Between Times. For more info, please visit creekside.org. be joining us today for this time and uh, trust that you'll be blessed. I just love our worship team and appreciate them coming and serving this morning as well as our back wall team and uh, serving you and uh, allowing us to do what God's called us to do. You know there's, you know you're headed into something new. You're just not sure what or when. Illness comes knocking at your door. Financial stress Comes A family crisis hits you head on. Unemployment. You're unsure what's next. There's concerns. There's fears about an uncertain future. And yes, there's this pandemic express that is simply blowing through our world right now. I think I would say welcome to the time in between. It's that place where life is not what it once was and we're unsure and have really no clear understanding of what it's going to be. What's the new norm going to be? It's a metaphor, I believe, that is significant for this time. And it really speaks to those unwanted, uncertain transitions that come to our life that we have to live through and work through, uh, well, even as so many of us are doing at this time. But hear me, friends, it's our time, it's our response, and it's our reactions to the time in between that really will determine whether our journey through the desert, through a barren, difficult time, will in fact result in deep growth and deep understanding of what's taking place in our lives, or it really becomes somewhat destructive to our personal soul. It's all based on how we respond and react. Uh, We're starting and we're looking at the life of Moses and how he leads God's people in what they call the Exodus. We're going to look today in Exodus chapter 3 to this time. The Exodus simply means an exit. It's a leaving, and they're going to be leaving the land of Egypt where they've now been stuck and highly oppressed for the last 400 years. And God says to Moses, I want you to have you lead them into a new place, into a new season, where not only can they worship their own God, but they can have their own culture and establish their own customs that I've called them to. And so God calls Moses to be the one who's going to lead and to guide them out of Egypt. Now, they've got to travel a fairly long ways, and they've got to uh, travel down the west side, on the back side of the west side of the Sinai Peninsula, which is all desert. Uh, this trip should have taken probably about two weeks (laughs) and because they didn't learn the lessons and respond in faith the way that God expected them to it ended up taking them 40 years that was a significant in between time for this nation Now, if you read Acts chapter 7, you see very clearly uh, where Stephen is preaching as he's about to be martyred. And he tells of the divided life of Jesus. I love how D.L. Moody put it, a great preacher of the 1800s. He said, Moses spent 40 years thinking that he was a somebody, his next 40 years learning that he was a nobody, and his last 40 years learning how God could use a somebody who became a nobody to do significant things. 
We see Moses, and we're going to read about him today a little bit, but his first 40 years, Moses is raised in the palace of Egypt. He's basically an adopted son of the Pharaoh, and there's a long story you can read behind that in Exodus chapter 2. His second 40 years, his middle years... Uh, Moses, he's, he's, there's some restlessness going on in his life. And so he goes out and one day he notices this Egyptian kills one of his, his Hebrew brothers. And he walks over and kills the Egyptian trying to defend him. And now he's on the run and he spends the next 40 years uh, in a desert. Uh, this time is Moses' time in between. He's now out of the palace of Egypt. He's on the run, a fugitive basically. Uh, but he hasn't received his calling yet from God to lead his people. So he's just stuck in the desert. And you go, why would, why would God do this? Uh, oh, hear me, loved ones. I think it's really important to know God is always up to something in our lives. And sometimes we forget that in the good, the bad, the ugly, the whatever, he's at work. He's working some things out. And in Moses, he's not only working, he wants to work some things out of Moses, uh, but he wants to work some things into Moses. See, this is a time in between where God is preparing Moses for what he has prepared for him. He's going to be out here on the backside of the desert, and he's going to be a shepherd. He's going to be shepherding sheep in and through a desert. Isn't that interesting? Because that's exactly what God's going to call him to do, to shepherd his people through a desert experience, leaving one land to proceed and go to another. And this 40 years becomes Moses' time in between. And it becomes so important uh, because Moses is going to lead a nation in their time in between for God's calling. So if you would, I want to pick it up in Exodus chapter 3 and read some verses beginning at verse 1. Uh, this is the beginning now of, of Moses' call and his third section our third term of 40 years. Now, meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God, where an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. So Moses looked, and he saw the bush was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. So Moses thought, hmm, I got to go over there and check this remarkable side out. Why isn't the bush burning? Well, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to Moses from the bush. And he says, Moses, Moses, I think that would get your attention, wouldn't it? Here I am, he answered. He says, don't come any closer. He said, I want you to take off the sandals off your feet. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, he said, I'm the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face because he was a fearful to look at God. And then the Lord said to him, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. And I know about their suffering. And I have come down to rescue them. And hear me, loved ones, I don't, I don't know where you are today, but never, ever, ever forget that God remembers right where you are. Uh, so many of us have different um, uh, responses, emotions, and physical responses, and how we see this pandemic. God knows exactly where you are. He knows what's taking place in your life, and it's really important that as you're going through this time that you never forget God is there. 
He says, I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from the land to a good and spacious land called a land filled with milk and honey. He's taking them out of oppression to this place of great freedom. And if you skip down to verse 11, it says, but Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I mean, I'm I'm a nobody. I spent 40 years being a nobody. God answers him and said this. I love this. I will certainly be with you. And this will be the sign to you that I have sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all get to worship God at this mountain. And then Moses asked God, well, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, what is his name? What am I going to tell them? And here we get this new kind of fresh revelation of God, and God replies to Moses, and he says, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Well, God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, that Yahweh, this God that they would have known by name, this God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent you. And this is my name forever. And this is how I am to be remembered. So we see here, this is the beginning of of Moses' third 40 years. And God comes and he calls them. And I think there's some key lessons that we don't want to forget. First of all, is don't, don't ever confuse prominence with significance. Because see, early on, we had this, he had, uh, Moses had this really prominent place and position in the palace of Pharaoh. And then God says, no, 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 that's not where, that's not what I've designed you for, who I've designed you to be. And so he takes him out in the desert. He begins to prepare him. And he's preparing him, not for prominence, but he's preparing him for significance. And hear me, friends, it's the same thing in your life and in mine. See, prominence is simply someone who wants to be seen and known for something. Significance is doing something where you're changing, you're helping people, you're making a difference, you're doing something significant of influence in their lives. And see, that's what God was preparing Moses for all along. And then never forget, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing, God's preparing you right now for what he has prepared for you. See, as long as we're living, there's never a period. It's always a comma. This pandemic is going to have a comma. It's got a comma to it. And the key is, in this time in between, are you preparing and hearing what God has for you in this next season as we come out of it? Because see, that's what God's always doing. He's at work. He's always preparing us for what he's prepared for us. Now, we look at Moses. The guy, he's just a guy like us in so many ways. He was raised in a blended, generally a good family. He's not perfect, but a good man. He gets to the place in his life where he understands he's capable, he's got some gifts, and he begins to want to make a change. But he goes out, and in, in wanting to make this change and do something better and greater, he ends up killing a man, and everything blows up in his face. So what does he do? Well, in his fear, he goes and he cashes out his Egyptian retirement, and he heads for the desert and the hills and simply believes and begins to see that, man, maybe my dreams aren't what, they're, what I thought they would be or become. Somewhere he settles for the routine and the redundancy of the devil, excuse me, of the, of the desert. And this is where he just comes to this place where he says, you know what? The things and the plans that I have for my life really aren't working out. 
I don't know, maybe some of us, as you're watching and listening today, maybe you're in a dry place, a difficult place as well. You never thought you would end up here. I never thought, of, I never dreamed of a pandemic coming like this either. But I'm not talking about a geographical place or location. I'm really talking about this personal place where there's this parched place of your heart, of your soul, of your spirit, where you feel stuck in between times. You get questions. Uh, you're unsure about your future. And you may respond, I don't need this. I'm tired of this. I don't like this anymore. But I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. Don't miss what God wants to do in this in-between time of your life. <clears throat> and I think there's a few simple things we can learn from Moses' life that we can just kind of uh, hydroplane over and fly by today. And the first thing is, uh, in verse 10, you'll see, the Lord can use you. Uh, God comes to Moses on this ordinary day in the desert. It's the same for us today. He shows up when we least expect it during the routines of our day, during the mundane times. There's no neon lights, but God shows up and he's there to speak to us. A burning bush. Well, that wasn't, believe it or not, that really wouldn't have been that unusual in the desert for a lot of different reasons. But as we saw, what caught Moses' attention is that the bush wasn't becoming consumed. That was never commonplace. But it's so important to see that it's in this commonplace that God will come to get Moses' attention, to get our attention, oftentimes through uncommon events. And a lot of people see things, well, that's just a coincidence. Oh, that just happened to happen. But I'm convinced these are always ways and times that God begins to tap you and me on our shoulder to get our attention. Maybe you're tuning in today and church isn't really your thing, but for whatever reason, you're watching today. You never thought you'd be a part of a church service. You never thought you would kind of consider or look into the claims of Jesus Christ. Uh, but this isn't a normal season, isn't it? It's a time in between. And maybe somehow, some way, or even someone spoke into your life and just invited you to be a part of this time. I see God uses some very common things and situations and people to lead us into uncommon times and experiences. And note here that he's talking about this thing called holy ground. Holy ground that he's talking about here isn't a place that you arrive at. See, holy ground is where you live. Holy ground is when you're driving. Holy ground, when you follow Jesus Christ, it's wherever you are because it's the central place of his presence. And we understand in Exodus 33, God says this, that my presence will go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. And see, that's so powerful to never forget that we're in holy ground. Holy just simply means that which is set apart or set aside too. And once we've been, once we make a decision to follow Jesus, we're set aside, we're set apart, and everywhere we go becomes a sense of holy ground. And you may be in what seems a dry and mundane place, but I'm here to tell you that God has a message for you, and he wants you to hear it in this time. It's a powerful message to Moses. Because remember, Moses has failed. He killed a man. He's on the run. He's a fugitive. 
He's probably concerned even that, man, I started in the palace of Pharaoh, and now I'm simply little more than just a pawn on the backside of the desert. He's in this in-between time. And what happens? God comes. God sees him. He has an encounter with the living God. How powerful God shows up. And what does God say? He says to him in verse 10, I want you to go. I am sending you. Now note what 40 years in the desert does to Moses. Earlier on in his life, he's, he wants to make a difference. He wants to change some things. He goes out and sees this man killing, a, this Egyptian man killing, <coughs> excuse me, a Hebrew man. And so he takes it into his own hand. He kills him and takes care of it. And that blows up in his face. But it's amazing what dry times, barren times, times in between can do. Moses begins to mature. There's a humility that comes over him. And when God speaks to him, he doesn't go, hey, man, I'm your guide, God. Send me. I'm ready to go. Now it's, who am I? Who am I that can go? I think it's interesting. God doesn't, didn't use a sturdy, big, large oak tree here to get his attention. He used a bush. The, the Hebrew word for bush here is senna, and it means a thorny bush. You know what thorns are? They're basically stunted branches that should have been branches, uh, but they never got that far. They were too weak. They weren't accomplished enough to become a branch. Uh, so they simply became a thorn. <clears throat> and that blesses me so much because it just shows us what the Lord uses. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament said this in 1 Corinthians 1. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise, <clears throat> excuse me, by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world, the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are so that no one can boast before him. No one can say, I'm the man. No one can say, I'm the woman. God chooses those who are bushes. God chooses us who kind of feel like, man, I'm just bush league. Or maybe for some of us today, we're just bushed out from life and dealing with the pandemic. But God says, I've got something for you. I've got something more for you than what you're seeing now. And he's sending us. Because see, when he sends us in his strength and power, we don't get the glory. Nobody goes, oh, wow, look at how great so-and-so is. It's, wow, there really is a God. Look at how he's used you. Niccolo uh, Paganini was the most celebrated violinist and virtuoso of his team. He did this amazing thing. During a concert, he was playing, and a string broke. And he kept playing, and people were amazed because they could see the, the twirling of the little string. And pretty soon, he broke a second one. And he kept playing, and the song was great and going well, and pretty soon, he broke a third one. And he stopped. And he showed everybody there's just one string left. And he played, and the rest of his concert was just a few minutes more. And he played on the one string. And at the end, as people were applauding and, and standing, he lifted up his violin and he said, Paganini, one string. People went crazy. 
I don't know about you, but maybe today you're kind of feeling like you're left with one string. Or maybe you feel like you're strung out. Or maybe you feel like you're just being strung along by all the issues and things taking place with life. But let me remind you, here's the truth. We see it bleed through this text with Moses. God takes the unimpressive. God takes the broken. And in his great love, in our weakness, things can become strong. And hear me, loved ones, this becomes so important. God uses Moses. He uses a bush. He uses one-string violins. He uses common people to accomplish his high purpose. And if you want to make it through and come out stronger from this time in between, look to Jesus because the second thing I want you to see is that he's with you. God summons Moses with the monumental task of leading people through the desert. And Moses just simply responds and he says, who am I? And what's God's response? I mean, he remind, he's probably telling God, listen, God, I've been out of this leadership loop for 40 years. I haven't been able to keep on, up on it. And here's God's answer. He doesn't say, I'm going to make you, I'm going to do this. He just simply says, I am. I will be with you, verse 12. Well, then Moses, you know, he's, he's kind of getting, he's trying to wiggle out of this, and he simply says, well, here's another question. What shall I say is the name of the God sending me? <clears throat> because there's so many gods out here, I want to make sure they know that it's God, God, you, God, capital G, God. Moses isn't making small talk here. He understands that this calling is beyond him. He understands that two to three million lives lie in the balance with his leadership. And God simply identifies himself as the I am who I am. What that really is is just simply this I am whatever you need. <clears throat> it's a present tense I am. What do you need now? I am. And you go tell them that I am the God of I am. I am the God of Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham. I am. See, centuries later, Jesus arrives on the scene, and he sheds further light on God's name and the essence of who he is by declaring himself in the Gospel of John, I am. But what's so powerful, this is what he says. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the vine. And Jesus basically reveals himself as God. And he takes this Old Testament name and he fills in the blanks for all of us. You need food? I am the bread of life. You need salvation? I am the door to the Father. It's so important to learn during these times that Jesus is not only the I am, but when we need something, we need strength, we need healing, we need deliverance, we need sustenance, fill in the blank with whatever it is you need. It's in those times, loved ones, that it's really about needing someone, not simply something. Jesus is the one who fills in the blank of your need. So whatever Jesus is calling you to, to raise your kids, to be a single parent, 
into some form of new ministry, being a spouse that you need to be, a shining light of Jesus Christ at your job site, to make a major decision, to make it through some difficult times that you're facing, some changes that you need to make in your life. Read, plan, and prepare, but come to Jesus who is your I am. I am here for you. I am in this season. I am the one who will lead you in your in-between time. And I want to close with, with this, that the Lord calls you today. The Lord's calling every one of us. God has a purpose for your life. He's sending us to the world. He wants us to be people that help lead people out of bondage and fear and sin and failure. And he speaks to us today. And I want to give you a couple of things that he says here to Moses. He says, Moses, I want you to listen up. I want you to turn aside. He calls him to this bush. He calls him from his daily pattern, his daily meanderings of being a shepherd to hear what God says to him. You know what? You may be shelter in place, but you are not sheltered today from God's voice. And I'm so thankful for that, that in the midst of where we are, the mundane things that we face, God says, I still want to speak to you. And not just on Sunday, but every day. I want to speak to you how to get here, where to go there. And the second thing he says, I want you to strip down. Moses, strip down. Take off your shoes. See, we think that, that, that this was some holy or reverent thing to do, but it had never been seen or done before that we'd seen in the scriptures. No one was ever told to take off their shoes. But the shoes Moses wore, most likely, they would have been made by himself fashioned with his own hands and God is simply saying Moses I want to do something new beyond your own fashioning beyond your own skill set beyond your own working with your own hands beyond your own giftedness I've got something more for you and God's moving him away from his self-made wife and reliance on his own giftedness that earlier in his wife got him into trouble. And he says, I want to bring you into a new dependence upon my life as I do a new thing in yours. Now, for some of you today, I think that's a word from the Lord. You, you've really rested and depended upon what you can do, who you are. And those are all good things. God doesn't diminish them, but he says, I've got something bigger. i got something grander for you. And some of you just simply need to take the time to get untied. Step away from your own self and from your old ways and pursue what Jesus has for you. And then the third thing he says to him is, I want you to step out. Step out of your old ways. See, isn't it true when we walk in life, stuff gets ground down into our soul, our S-O-L-E, but also our soul, our inner person. There's probably none of us here that haven't stepped in a pile of uh, something and it stinks. And we try and get rid of it, but the kind of the smell just can kind of hang around for a while. Or maybe you've been walking along and in the sole of your shoe, there was a stone or a pebble that got stuck. Ah, it irritates. It brings imbalance and even pain. And some of us have some of those things stuck in our soul. Things of abuse and addictions and thought patterns and failure. Places where we've been offended and can't let it go sinful patterns that we've said, I'm not going to, I'm not able to change. 
We've never faced up to it. We've never dealt with it by bringing God into it and learning to release it and to step out of our old ways. God's calling you today to do that, to be attentive to his voice. You become his personal project and you invite him in to begin to shape you and to begin to change you during this time in between where you've been and where you're going. And some probably say, well, you know, I've tried this God stuff. I gave it a shot like Moses, but I feel like I'm like, Mo- I'm just stuttering along. You see this basketball here. This is, uh, I'm a, I, I love basketball. It's my favorite sport. I played it uh, for a lot of years and um, eh, I couldn't jump high and I wasn't real fast. And so you probably go, well, why did you play? Well, I could do a couple of other things. All right. One of the things that I did, this is called a basketball move. It's called a, a stutter step. And when you're slow like I was, what you would do is you'd get the basketball and you'd have it here and you would just take it and you'd, you'd kind of stutter and you'd try and get your defender off balance so that then you could make your move. You could go around them. You could step back and take a jumper. Well, that's kind of how life is sometimes. See, we have, these, we're, 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 we, we have these times in our life where we want to free ourselves. And some of us, like, we, we take the stutter step, and ah, I'm going to move on this, and then we just come back and don't make the move. See, every one of us, really, we have to make a move toward Jesus to do what he's calling us to do when he speaks to us, even for some of us on a morning like today. It's so easy to develop a spiritual stutter step that never gets past the stutter. And I want to challenge you today, if maybe you've never come to Jesus and you've never accepted him into your life where you realize that, you know, I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm kind of inadequate. I'm kind of like Moses. Man, I failed or uh, I've just never pursued the living Christ. That today, get off the stutter step. Make the move. Come toward Jesus today. Because he says, I've got something greater and grander for you to learn in and through this season. Because I'm with you. Father, we come today. I want to thank you, Lord, for the people that are tuning in. Lord, I hope that every person understands, even as we open service, talking about never forget how much God loves us, that the love of God calls us forward. It calls us out of things, and it calls us to those places where he wants to place things in our hearts and our lives so that we can get past our stuttering and stutter steps that hold us back or keep us in the same place. So if you're out there today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I encourage you to do that today. Just say, Lord, I acknowledge I'm, I failed, I've sinned, and I just I want to come and invite you into my life. I want to be in the holy ground of your presence every day in every way. And so, Lord, we come today. Thank you that you promised to be with us in our in-between times. Amen.